Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk radio, live from Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. What's next? Order! Talk radio, live from Westminster. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, live on College Green once more, right here in Westminster. The sky is blue, the sun is shining. It's going to be a very, very big day uh, here for the Brexiteers and for the Remainers as well, because, of course, this is the day when Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, brings his withdrawal bill into the House of Commons uh, for a first proper going over uh, by those who don't want it, by those who think they want it, and by those who absolutely love it. Some people say it's worse than Theresa May's bill. Some people say it's better than Theresa May's bill. Boris Johnson is hoping to get it through by the end of the week so that we can be out of the European Union by the end of this month, October the 31st, Halloween. We shall see whether that happens. What is going to happen on the other side, of course, is that Jeremy Corbyn uh, and his cohorts are going to try and derail it. They're going to try and frustrate the progress of it and they're going to try and slow it down uh, by attaching various amendments to it. They'll want to try and put a customs union on it. They'll want to try and put some kind of second referendum uh, confirmatory vote on it as well. Uh, It's all going to be happening a little bit later on. Uh, We'll be having a host of conversations with a host of different guests and pundits of course. We'll let you know everything as it happens throughout the course of the day. And John Burko uh, has got his ears burning this morning as well, because they're going to be talking about him in a special select committee. We want to hear from you though, of course. 0344 499 1000. This is the only place to get your voices heard. We are the only radio station down here bringing you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. This is Talk Radio. I'm Mike Graham. We are live in Westminster. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live, of course, in Westminster. We are here throughout the course of the day on Talk Radio because uh, this is the day of all days, I believe, that things are going to start moving. Lionheart has tweeted me. He says, in my humble opinion, two Brexit pathways are clearly emerging. One, out by the 31st of October with a deal and no damaging amendments. Two, if Labour succeed in wrecking the bill with amendments this week, the Prime Minister will pull the bill, declare it's impossible to leave due to Parliament stymieing the government and demand an immediate general election. That's all probably true on both counts. However... Uh, I'm joined by my learned friend, uh, Mr. Jerry Hayes. Very good to morning. Good to you. morning. It's Welcome. an exciting day. It is an exciting day, and I always like on exciting days to be accompanied at all times by a, cla- a, a very highly qualified lawyer. Oh, absolutely. Now, we couldn't find one of them. So the limousine. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Lionheart, I think, has got it nailed in there, hasn't he? The trouble is, of course, if the government asks for a general election on the grounds that Labour wrecked the bill... Uh, and Labour say no, what happens then? Uh, nothing very much, because the extension will be granted by Brussels, because they've said this. Will they, they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you not, do you, I got a sense last night from watching what was happening in Brussels that they're a bit fed up with us, to be Of honest. course they're and fed up. And they don't up. really want to give us an extension. They don't want to be politically responsible for a no deal, which is bad for Europe yes. and it's bad for us. So they're not going to let it mm. happen. They're going to sit back very carefully, see what happens. I think uh, Boris Johnson will get 
what he wants. Actually. I think he will as well. Not by the 31st, okay. but by the 31st of January. And really, it doesn't matter mm. as long as it's done. Yeah. But you've got to scrutinise this stuff. I know people say, oh, let's get Brexit yeah, done. Yeah, why do we, though? Well, because we do. And I tell you, from bitter experience, mm. legislation which has not been properly scrutinised tends to end in tears. I'll give you two examples. The... the uh, Dangerous Dogs Act, I yep. voted for that. What a disaster that was. Well, it was, but that was because nobody understood what different breeds meant and what different breeds were. Yeah, because no one scrutinised it properly. Well, that may be just because the people in Parliament are not capable of scrutinising uh, no, it properly. They are. I mean, on the one hand, we have people in the Labour Party saying, this is just as bad as the Theresa May uh, deal. In fact, it's worse than the Theresa May deal. So almost all of it has already been scrutinised I... when it was part of the Theresa May deal. Uh, well, the, so the... why do they need to scrutinise it again? Well, you've got to look at it. I, I don't know if you had a look. I mean, I've got... No. Th- uh, no. No, well, Try no. it is oh it's really difficult. Listen, I'm, it's not my job to read uh, no, no, you know no, no, incredibly no, no, wordy no, no. government documents. No, I no, will read you're, summaries you're... and I will read sections if I re- if I feel the need to do yeah. so. Your job is to wine calls. My that? my job is to prognosticate upon the expert view yeah. coming from people like you mm. who've got more time on their hands to read this sort of rubbish. Oh, I haven't. I'm in the middle of a big trial. At Are you? Yeah, uh, but I've, I've just tried, and it is very very difficult. Oh, the other thing was a child support agency. Mm. Now, that was a real disaster. That wasn't great. That wasn't good because, look, Maastricht, mm. the, the rebels, you know, people like well, Bernard Jenkins. I keep hearing that we had loads and loads of time to, to read yep, through the rules Yeah, you know why? Because yeah, but, they asked for it. The yeah, rebels but, yeah, asked but for it. Are you going to tell me that Maastricht was a great idea? No. Yeah, I voted for it. I thought it was excellent. Well, it was not like excellent. Well, the point it's, is, it's is done. The, I mean, the scru- everybody knows that the yeah. scrutineers, as I'm going to now call them, want to be uh, responsible for looking at all this stuff for hours and hours on end, days and days on end, because they want to just roll over the 31st of October. Because we're we don't do trust anyway. Boris Johnson. We're going to do. Well, no one trusts Boris Johnson. No, I do. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because nobody else does, and that's the oh. sort of person I am. And <laughs> All I'm right. Contrary. All right. And I don't All think right. Boris Johnson uh, is untrustworthy. And I'll tell you why. Because he's the only one that's done what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to go to Brussels, and everyone said there's no point in doing that. They won't talk to you. Yeah. They hate you. They think you're a liar. Yeah. He went over there and he got a deal. Yeah. And in fact, he got a better deal it's, than it's, the one that we used to have. So amazing. therefore, I trust Boris Johnson trust more than him. I trust anyone. Yeah, you know, someone who break, breaks the law get on the. What law did he break? Oh, prorogation. Oh, d- give me. F- well, do me a favour. It's only the Supreme Court. He didn't break the law at the time. It was unlawful. Was no, no, it was ruled to be unlawful, unlawful. After, the, after the fact. Well, it tends to be, doesn't it? Well, when you no, rob a bank, normally when you rob a bank, it's illegal to rob the bank when you rob it. Yeah. When he prorogued Parliament, it wasn't illegal to prorogue Parliament yes, until it was. they said the it was. The advice, the advice. No, it's not right. They said it was void ab initio. That well, how did Jeffrey Cox time. not resign then? Because he said he would if it had been found that his matter. advice was illegal, matter which for, it was proved not to be. Matter, matter for Jeffrey Cox. Well, you suggest anyway, it is a matter of trust. Whether you and I will disagree. So you're proving the point very well here. As soon as you get any lawyers involved in anything, you get absolutely nowhere. We're supposed to be talking about the events of today, well, not the events of a month no, ago, no, no. which have all been now forgotten but, but about. But it's, it's very important to put it into context because this is about trust. The reason you got the Letwin Amendment is because people in Parliament don't trust him, right or wrong. But they don't. I don't, don't. trust Oliver Letwin. In fact, I trust Boris Johnson a lot more actually, than I trust him. Described as the stupidest uh, clever man in Parliament. It's actually pretty good. Or is it the cleverest stupid man in Parliament? Oh, I, I don't remember. know. But, but he's very, very bright. But he's a sort of like you I keep in the dark. No, do you know Keep what? him in a dark Everyone room. Everyone that I've ever been told is very, very bright is actually a buffoon, in my view. Really? Yes. Well. You don't go around telling people you're very bright, do anyway, you? Anyway, he stopped us crashing out. He let burglars gonna... into his house, for heaven's sake. How bright is he? <laughs> that wasn't very good, No, that actually. wasn't very smart, That was wasn't very good. Excuse me, Mr. Letwin, can I come into your house? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, sure. What I time is get it? To, I oh, want to go in the morning. I want to go to the loo. Why are you taking my television out of the house? Yeah, that was pretty stupid. That wasn't very bright. But he shows what a decent guy Really? Anyway, he got it right for Parliament. Okay. Now everyone's having a go at the Speaker saying he's biased and all the rest well, now of it. Well, now this is a good you subject know, for you because, yeah. uh, because you're the king of being unbiased as a lawyer, right? Yeah. So he is now currently 
being scrutinised by a select committee. Yeah, but he's going on the 31st, isn't he? Well, if you believe that, I've got some swamp land to sell in Florida. The point is, is that he has not been neutral, and that's why there's a committee hearing to go uh, into what he has been unneutral about. Yeah, well, fair enough, let them... Well, you can't sit there and tell me that he's been neutral, can you? I don't think he has always been neutral. Well, isn't that his Uh, job? No, his job is to obey the will of parliament that's his yeah, job and you be... can't you can't obey everybody so sometimes you have to be a little bit partial yeah but do you not but see maybe he's him... gone a little bit i too think he far. sees himself as parliament though i think he sees he's himself as, as putting out the will of parliament for everybody else he's to obey speaker. rather than for him to do yeah but look at all the other speakers we've had who have not been quite so flamboyant and quite so kind of yeah, he, single-mindedly he can be a very obsessive. a very irritating interview i mean yesterday doing impressions from the chair that was unwise that really wasn't very good that that was unwise. But he knows he's demob happy now. But this thing yesterday, uh, Standing Order 23, which, you know, it's something which is of the same sort of substance, can't come back to the same session. Well, of course, Mogg was all in favour when it was in his favour. And he wrote a lovely letter to the Speaker. You know, saying, Which oh, the speaker pointed out. Yeah, However, exactly. am I, here's there's a, question a lot of for hypocrisy you. in the area. There's loads of hypocrisy yeah. in the area. We are in Westminster, after yeah, of all. of course. But what about the fact that he brought back Theresa May's deal three times to be voted upon, which was ostensibly exactly the same deal, uh, when he said yesterday, you can't do it again more than once. Yeah, well, How that, does that, that work? That worked. You see, everyone said he was partial, but he was partial in many ways in favour of the government. He was, impartial, he was partial in the way of in Theresa of May's government. deal because he knew yeah. it wouldn't get through. No, I, I, I think he wanted he to give Parliament this a one, chance. No, he doesn't want this one to be debated because he knows it will get through. It will get through. It will. Yeah. How long do you think it will take? Uh, I think they... I, well, it depends on the timetable motion, how long it's going to be that, given. We think that's going to fall, fall against the government, don't we, the timetable? I think, I think it is. I mean, if, if people are given about 10 days in the Commons to look at it, including, you know, the committee stage, then it goes to the House of Lords. Well, they've got 24 hours at the moment, I think. Well, that's they? ridiculous. Well, I mean, no, that is ridiculous. stupid. Look, no, look, because by the number of hours that these guys work, no, that's no, about no. five days. No, no, More time was spent on the Welfare of Circus Animals Act. I mean, this is the second person that's mentioned that. Today. Yeah, I know. It's quite a good little tale. It is a nice tale. What yeah. is it, actually? I haven't got a clue. Really? But it Why was it the welfare. More the, for well, it then? the welfare. Well, they had it, didn't they? Did they? The welfare. Well, I I'm not think you're allowed to have anymore. circus animals anymore. Well, I think that's what it was all about. All oh, right. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. Imagine how uh, little publicity this has got. <laughs> I know. Where are the animal rights people when you need them? Well, I mean, uh, the partner of Boris is an animal rights person. Is she? Yes, very yeah. much so. Well, she's quite sort of green as well, isn't she? Oh, very green. She's managed to get him to to believe in all this eco plank type nonsense of uh, I heard today by the way Grant Shapps talking about uh, giving people green number plates did you see that oh I forgot that's a joke isn't it no I don't think so I'm going to get one for my new Land Rover uh, because apparently if it's very green diesel Land Rover of course yes Uh, if it's if it's a green car you get a green number plate and you get to park for less money apparently oh for heaven's sake what a load of nonsense well no it'd be great for the forgers won't it yeah they'll be making a fortune in the East End of London exactly park for free exactly unbelievable isn't it well it it is Grant now as far as the actual procedural business is going on today it starts and we reckon it kicks off about 11 30 30, yeah. uh it will finish up about 10 o'clock tonight yeah by which time we will have a pretty good idea of what happens over the next few days but yeah. do you agree with me that this is definitely the beginning of something this is the beginning of something it's the if it, you know it's the end of the beginning to do a churchillian yeah. thing yes but you see once this goes through and i think it will and once we leave sometime next year i suspect early next year the real heavy lifting begins. I mean, this is the easy yeah. stuff. I mean, how are you going to sort out our trading relationship? I don't know, because Europe wants to protect the single market. Yeah, but that's when we can have the proper conversations about yeah, yeah, yeah. all of the things that yeah. the Labour Party, for example, want to know now, yeah. which they can't know now, because surely the whole point of the negotiations yeah, yeah. is that you negotiate piece by piece, you know, hour by hour, day by day, 
trade uh, business by trade business. Yeah. You don't do it all in one no, fell swoop. You, you that would be impossible. No, I, I, I agree. But who are we going to be negotiating with? Because the commission changes on the 4th well, of November. Well, do you know, November. I've got some news for you on that. What? Uh, because one of the guys who's going to be heading up the negotiations for the European Union yeah. is the departing commissioner, Mr. Michel Barnier. Mr. Barnier! Yes, so he's oh, still, bless him! He's still got skin in the game. <laughs> and, uh, and in fact, uh, the people who are uh, joining him, I think, yeah. are going to be one of I think the, the, the Irish guy who's coming in in his place yeah. uh, has got some kind of deputy who's going to be also yeah. negotiating. But, I mean... The word for, that I'm getting from, from people I talk to in Brussels is that they're going to be quite friendly negotiations because they don't want, as you said, no, no, no. they don't want us it's to have... It's not in no, anyone's no, interest. They don't want to have a row. They don't want to go out without any kind of favourable deal. They don't want to have a no-deal principle yeah. on anything that they do. No, no. So they will be quite accommodating, I think, yeah. to the British government. And also, um, when will there be a general election if we are on the brink of leaving? Presumably what? Boris will then say... We don't need a general election, then, if we've got what we want. If he's got any sense, he wouldn't have a general election mm. because anything can happen. The polls are, are all over the shop. Also, never have one in the winter yeah. because people don't open the door after five o'clock and you've got the old electoral roll. Yes. So Also, also he, the weather's bad. The weather's bad. Uh, the other thing is no one actually wants, if you're a Tory anyway, to go into a general election before this has been sorted yes. because it gives an impetus to Brexit, which the Brexit party, the Brexit which seems to be split well. at what the moment. What do you make of the Brexit party's um, sort of line on this bill? Because they're saying that it's obviously not uh, anything that's They've got to different. Say that. From, from Theresa May's bill. They've got to say Wouldn't that. it have been better for them to have got behind it? Yes, I think it, they should. If they really, really, really want Brexit, rather political advantage, they should say, we support this bill. It's not perfect. It's not pure. Nothing ever will be. But this is the best we're right. going to get. And what about Labour? When and if this all goes Totally through, dishonest. Um, yes, I know they're totally dishonest. That wasn't the well, question. Well, no, no, no. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on this particular no, issue. I mean, how know. long does Corbyn survive uh, if Brexit happens? Well, Presumably th they th don't want him to lead them into an election. Well, I think a lot of people do. I think the membership really? do. I think momentum do. The people who control the levers of power do. And they're the ones that matter. They're the ones who vote in. I mean, look, if you had someone like Keir Starmer, mm. you know, they would have, have a, a reasonable chance of winning. Yes. With Corbyn, they haven't got a hope in they hell. They haven't. So why would they possibly ever want him anywhere near an election? Because, again, like the harsh Brexiteers, they're purists. Mm. They want to win the argument. Never mind winning an election. They want to win the argument. They want to control their party. It's insane. Yeah. But it is insane because all they have proven to be over the course of the last several months, particularly since Boris has become yeah. Prime Minister, is a blocking organisation, yeah. uh, a frustrating organisation, and somebody, uh, a, a political party that doesn't actually want to get anything done. No, I And mean, that's, that's their MO now. Yeah, uh, and you look behind Jeremy Corbyn when he's at Prime Minister's Question Time, they're all utterly horrified. Yeah. And even when Peter Mandelson, the most tribal person you could ever meet apart from Alistair Campbell, is saying, for heaven's sake, look inside your conscience, Jeremy Corbyn. You can't win this for later. You, Conscience and Mandelson don't go well together, so he probably should well, keep they away are, from that. They are but ships in the night. Yes, they certainly and are. I could never spell. No. Jerry, yes. thank you very much indeed. Uh, as ever, Jerry Hayes there giving us his benefit of, of his uh, wisdom. <laughs> he believes that we are, as I do, uh, leaving the European Union sooner rather than later, but possibly not as soon as Boris won. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Talk Radio, live from Westminster.
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live on College Green in Westminster. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day, much better than yesterday. Yesterday uh, was a bit of a dull day in lots of different ways. Today, I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting. There's going to be a lot more substance to it. Uh, there will be, of course, uh, an awful lot of reportage going on here on Talk Radio. Uh, and you'll be hearing the Prime Minister uh, and Jeremy Corbyn going at it. The withdrawal bill will be produced uh, and will be kind of poured over at various points throughout the course of the afternoon. Uh, and we'll find out probably by tonight whether the government gets its timetable through, uh, whether or not we're going to see any amendments attached to it, uh, and probably uh, that it will be, in fact, voted through for a second reading. I'm delighted to say I'm joined now by Kate Hurry, uh, Labour MP, of course, uh, for Lambeth. Kate, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. It feels to me like we are getting somewhere finally today because we will actually see the substance of the withdrawal bill. I know there are those out there who would like to frustrate its progress, and no doubt they will try and do that. But the general kind of, um, I suppose, agreement seems to be that, that we are going to get out at some point soon. Well, I think we're definitely going to get out at some stage uh, and in some way. Mm. But I think, um, I mean, where we've got to today, we should have got to some time ago. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. The Prime Minister is pretty determined and, and even the, the language he uses when there are setbacks shows that he's not going to, to give in. So yeah. I think today we will see... I'm afraid we'll see the usual uh, people who just want to stop Brexit and will do anything they can, and there's a lot of them mm. in Parliament. But then we will see some genuine concerns about some of the things that are in the bill now that people have seen the detail. Yeah. And, and um, you know, even myself, who am a very, very strong Brexiteer, uh, I'm concerned about some of the issues to do with Northern Ireland. Yeah. And I think what the government need to be able to prove really is that even if the bill gets through that in the year coming in those negotiations that the and, and it, uh, to do with our future relationship that some of the things that that are wrong in the actual treaty uh, can be ameliorated or can be shifted and that he is going to go into those negotiations in a much tougher way now he would be helped if there was a general election in the meantime because you know I, I know I'm a supposedly a Labour MP mm. at the moment but I mean the reality is and I think there is a very good chance that he will get a, a bigger majority yes, and that so. bigger majority gives him a bit more room to be tougher yeah. uh, with Parliament. What's your concern about the Northern Irish parts of the deal? Well uh, th originally the um, DUP in Northern Ireland did give it in a little bit and say look we don't mind some regulatory checks every now and again because we have some of that already mm. but on, on veterinary stuff that got widened to being on all goods going in but then it, when it finally came through they had changed the consent principle from the Good Friday Agreement so people who'd been saying the whole thing is all about keeping the Good Friday Agreement the Belfast Agreement preserved now see that actually when it suits the government uh, they have tranced the consent aspect because instead of saying that both there has to be unanimity and agreement for anything to happen between the two major parties, Sinn Féin and DUP, that it would now be by a majority vote in in, um, in Stormont. Yeah. And, and of course, at the moment, there would be, a, uh, there is a very, um, with the Greens and the SDLP and the Nationalists, there would probably be a majority for uh, doing as much as possible to stop Brexit. Mm. So that that is a worry. But also, it does send, a, it does mean that from now on, I mean, why, the, the reason this, the Assembly is not sitting at the moment is because one party has always got the right to simply say 
we're walking out and the whole thing collapses. Yeah. Now, if you can introduce majority voting for this, the argument is, well, then let's have majority voting for everything. Let's let anyone who wants to go back into assembly go back and not block it some yeah. simply because one party. So there's that. But also the crucial thing that we found out yesterday, originally it was felt that it was only going to be goods from Great Britain going into Northern Ireland where there would be some kind of check and um, there would be this special relationship that although Northern Ireland was staying in the customs union legally actually in practice there would be quite a lot of, 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 of um, EU involvement in that but now we've discovered and we saw a ridiculous situation yesterday where the Brexit secretary himself got it wrong. He did, didn't he? That wasn't a good look. That was very, very bad. And I think it showed that the detail of, on the Northern Ireland thing had somehow not been looked at. So what we've got now is that people in a part of the United Kingdom sending or trading to another part of the United Kingdom are facing delays, are facing having to get advance um, agreements, and paperwork checks and, all and of paperwork that. and money. And, you know... I really think that it is c- unbelievable that a Conservative and Unionist Party government could have actually done something that is, you know, genuinely making it difficult and different for people in one part of yeah. the United Kingdom. I mean, is it insurmountable, though, or is it something um, that can perhaps be smoothed out over time? Because, you know, one of the things that I was thinking when I was hearing all of the objections to this yesterday was that, you know, pe- everybody in business has to do paperwork of one kind or another. You know, the VAT quarterly returns that even I have to do as a very small company are a pain in the neck. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that will know that they have to do even more paperwork if they're actually buying and selling goods and moving them around. And I wonder whether, it, you know, it's sort yeah. of the, 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 the journey, as, as it were, is worth it for the destination because while the backstop was in there, it would have been a lot worse and nobody really uh, wanted that, mm-hmm. who wanted Brexit. And so uh, it seemed to me at the time anyway, and you, you know, I may be completely wrong about this, but it seemed to me it was quite an inventive way of keeping Northern Ireland you know, um, as part of the UK, while at the same time ameliorating the kind of things that the EU wanted. Yeah, I mean, but the irony on that is that for a long time, many of us have been saying, look, the issue is this question of the border between Northern Ireland and the EU, i.e. the Republic. And we said all these things could be done by checks there, away from the border, by Mm. paperwork, by technology. Oh, no, 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 that was absolutely shocking. You know, the dissidents might start shooting again and all that kind of thing. That that kind of really insidious, uh, almost blackmail about. But now it's okay to have all that down the Irish Sea. So you can see, I I just think listeners who don't really understand Northern Ireland need to understand that this is not just about economics for Northern Ireland. It is about a feeling of being semi-abandoned you know but my solution to a lot of this would be that and again this has been unclear when we get a free trade agreement which the prime minister has committed to getting as quickly as possible that does that mean then that northern ireland automatically becomes part of that free trade agreement and all of this protocol drops now i thought that was would be what would happen and one or two of again of the cabinet thought this and assured us and now we've discovered that actually no Northern Ireland would still be in that protocol until such time as the consent mechanism um, you know kicked into place right. four years later mm. so it's there's a th- there's a number of things that I think the government has to do to reassure and to 
show that they can, within the next year, change some of that. Yeah, and I think, I suppose, and I obviously don't speak for them, but, but they would probably be willing to do that. But I think what they've... They, I was talking to Andrew Bridgen about this yesterday, mm. about the sort of new pragmatism that the ERG have had to find oh. themselves in. Some of them have been criticised quite heavily by, by sort of hardline Brexiteers that listen to this show and saying, you know, oh, they've just become another kind of lickspistle for the Prime Minister. But in the end, there comes a time, I think, where you just have to go, well, we haven't got everything we want. Um, there may be other ways of getting some of the other things that well, we don't have right now, but maybe this is just, just the time to be getting on with something. And, and it feels to me as though Boris's plan has worked in that sense. And while not everybody's happy, you know, it's it's pleased a lot more people than what went before. Yes, and I think, you know, there is, unfortunately, the whole weariness yeah. attitude, which is now... And we are just, very weary. Just, well, you <laughs> I, mean, you <laughs> I have to say, Mike, you look wonderful. You know, <laughs> but, you very know, it, you, you do... It's just that idea about getting it over the line. Mm. But... Um, I, I have complete, I do genuinely think that the time allocated is quite enough. I mean, we don't oh, yeah. need any more. All of the, most of the amendments will be wrecking amendments. Mm. They don't need to be put. And I think that th that side of things, uh, but I'm afraid that is probably where a lot of people will try to mm. slow things down by voting against the, the committee. I mean, we just, we need to find a way of getting a general election. Yes, we absolutely do. And have you decided, because last time you and I spoke, I think you were, you were thinking about possibly running, uh, having said you wouldn't. Um, have you have you made a final decision on that? Well, I'm certainly not standing in Vauxhall. No. No, I mean, I've made, and they're actually selecting their new candidate this mm. this week. Um, you know, I, I want us to get out of. I want to get out, and I don't want to. Particularly now, the Northern Ireland things come up. I feel very strongly about that. But um, I, I think the. Uh, it, a lot of things depend on whether we're out, whether when yeah. there is a general election yeah. and, and what happens. And do you think there's likely to be one sort of in the new year rather than before? Well, I don't think anyone really wants one in December. And mm. of course, if we don't get one fairly soon, then it would go right into December, which would be, I think, ridiculous. Yeah. So there, there then it would have to be probably in, in February, March. Right. Um, but, you know, we all sit and particularly the media make lots of predictions and None of us really know what's going to happen, but I just think p the public out there who voted to leave know that we've had a Remain Parliament, we've got a Remain Speaker who's behaved appallingly, yeah. and that is the one little bit of light on the horizon that he's going, hopefully, on the 31st yeah. of October, and that he doesn't change his mind. I've got a terrible feeling he might, but that's another story Well, altogether. I think there might well be a... a, a a revolution. A <laughs> yes, there may well push, be. Push, Kate, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Kate Hurry, uh, Labour MP for Vauxhall. The fallout, the fury, the future. Let's get political. Order. Talk radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live on College Green in Westminster. It's a much nicer day than it was yesterday, I'm happy to tell you. Uh, but it's quite quiet because there is actually some business going to be going on uh, in the House very, very shortly. Lots of questions being put, lots of uh, bills being looked at, of course. Uh, we've got Boris Johnson uh, pr bringing his withdrawal bill forward uh, for consideration. Uh, there may be referendums uh, attached to it. There may well be customs union amendments attached to it. Uh, the, the timetable for which they want it to go through, which is quite fast, may fall down as well. We're joined now. Now, though, uh, by Stephen Gethins from the SNP. He's their Europe spokesman. Stephen, very good morning. Welcome good morning. to the tent of common sense, as we like to call it here on Talk Radio. <laughs> um, what are you expecting to happen later on? Because the vote tonight should yep. tell us, really, one, whether the bill gets a second reading, which I'm assuming it will, because it seems like everybody wants that. Yeah. Um, 
but it might not get through on the the actual timetable that Boris Johnson wants it to get through on. Yeah, so we've got we've got two important votes. I mean, we've got that timetabling vote and, and that second reading vote, as you, as you rightly say. On the timetabling vote, we're going to vote against. We think that a bill of such profound consequence, with lots of new information that just came out last night, um, will have an impact for generations to come, set you know, a course that will impact on people throughout the United Kingdom and you're trying to ram it through without any proper scrutiny. So we'll vote against that timetable. I think if the government had the courage of their convictions, they'd put this up for scrutiny. Well, how much scrutiny do you think it needs, though? Because we hear a lot of people saying, who are critical of the bill, that it's not much more than a Theresa May kind of reheated job. And so presumably a lot of that has already been scrutinised then. Well, you know, one thing that we asked for is an economic analysis. And that's something that you do, you know, and, and if you look at a finance bill, you look at the impact it'll have on folks' day-to-day lives, and you take two or three months over it. And that's a finance bill that lasts one year yeah. in terms of your taxes, you know, um, your tax on your beers and all, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. Although take, a lot of it, I suppose you would argue, is in there for perpetuity as well. No, there is, look, and, 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 and there's stuff. But even for that one year, you'll look at your financial impact, do an economic analysis. And you know why I don't think this government wants to do an economic analysis? Because I've seen their economic analysis that you tried to keep hidden from view, and it tells us that each and every person will be poorer as a result of Boris Johnson's deal. And actually, and I noticed there was another um, report came out showing we'll be even worse off than even Theresa May's deal, and Theresa May's deal would have made us poorer. Now, why on earth would I vote to make my constituents poorer, have worse public services, all to dig Boris Johnson out of a hole that he created for himself? Well, uh, you might argue that, but there might be other people who would argue that actually there is no real evidence that what the future holds is in any way predictable um, and that the the actual unless you've seen the micro kind of economics of it all I'm not sure I've seen any real evidence that we're all going to be poor I've seen a report that says you know we will all be poorer yeah. um, but that, that's about it really it well, doesn't look, really explain do, how you don't just have to take my word for it for, for, for if you look, look at certain areas look at the, the biggest um the sort of biggest employers in my constituency would be the um, the research and education sector. So look at universities and research sector employ a lot of people looking at medical research. They work in collaboration with our European partners, get funding yeah. through our European partnerships as well. That's, that's, that's hard cash that goes into my constituency. Not only is it cash, but it also makes our lives better through the medical breakthroughs mm-hmm. that happen because we collaborate with other European partners. Now, we lose that. Well, you lose and we it. lose it for no good reason. It, you lose it from Europe, but there's no reason why you couldn't have it funded from here because the money that the European Union gives that sector comes from the contribution that's made from the UK in the first place. Yes, it does. But this is why this is why it makes you poorer and it's not just about money. It makes you poorer because you don't have that money coming in anymore. And incidentally, on just that one sector, the UK is a net recipient of, of cash, which means we get more money than we put in mm. in that sector. Well, yeah, okay? but we don't get more money than we put in overall, is But, what but look, just, just for a moment, and, and what it also does, it's not just about the cash. It's also about the fact you're pooling expertise and resources from across the whole of Europe rather than just your own small part yeah. of Europe. Now, I'm somebody that believes in independence for Scotland, and you say, well, what would that mean? But actually, I believe in being in the European Union where you pool um, your resources and you share sovereignty, but your decision-making rests in your member states. So Ireland, Portugal, Denmark don't consider themselves any poor, any less independent by being in the EU, but they pool and they share the resources for a common betterment. But don't you think that Scotland would be poorer without being attached to the United Kingdom? 
Because well, I'm sure that you could the, find an economist that I'm would tell you that. I'm sorry, but look, you don't... Oh, I'm sure you could. Not anymore. I mean, look at the mess we're in. Yeah. You know, well, look at the mess we're in. Uh, economically, we're not in a mess. Do you know, there's one Economically, of the, actually, we're doing pretty well. Do you know, one of the best um, economists, who, who was an economist at um, Harvard and the University of St. Andrews, a guy called Andrew Hughes-Hallett, I remember telling, talked about the huge potential that Scotland's got. And actually, what Scotland could do is act as a bridge to the rest of Europe, our key partners in Europe. As an independent member state, we could actually help the rest of the UK by rebuilding the shattered relationships between Brussels and London. Whether you like it or not, the UK is going to have to have a good relationship with its close partners. We all do. Oh, of course it will. Our, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and also, having, having seen, well but also having seen the deal that we've got, uh, which Boris has managed to, to, to get from the so-called enemies of, of Britain, who yeah. seemed very friendly on the day that they were all patting each other on the back for getting the deal, um, you know, they've all said it's a very amicable deal. They've all said that yep. they're looking forward to some amicable trade yep. conversations. And there's no reason why Britain as a whole could not still have that good relationship while still having Scotland as part of the United Kingdom so, as well. So why do you want to prosecute people for foreign collusion? Why do you want to move away? I don't want to do, do you that. Know, do you know something? It's nothing to do with me. You know, fundamentally, fundamentally, if, if you take a step back, I've really noticed nobody's arguing anymore that Brexit is overall a good thing. We're just trying to look at ways at how we make it less bad. I'm not in well, politics to make things true. less no, bad. I, don't think that's I think true. we should be in politics to make things better. There is no part of Brexit that makes our economy, our opportunities for young people, or any of these other things better. I don't know that that's true, but you haven't got time to argue with me here because I know you've got to move on, sadly. No. So I'm going to have to get you back on and talk to you more about that. Always happy to. I think there's a lot of things that will make uh, the economy better. There's like a what? lot of things that will make uh, companies able to do trading with other countries which are currently upheld by tax regimes run by Brussels, right? So we will be Sorry, able to... Sorry, there are no tax regimes run by Brussels. Well, Brussels say, well, that's not true. That is, that, that, that is well, wrong. That's not Brussels wrong. Brussels does no, not set not tax wrong. regimes. Well, no, but they set tariffs. Sorry. They set tariffs, don't they? No. Well, we set it's a tariff, tariff a form of tax. S- sorry, can I, I call a tariff a form of tax. Well, I thought no, you had to go. What we've, what we've got is we've got 67 trade agreements through our membership yes. of the European Union, and we're part of a single market. Yes, and we how, therefore have... How many of those so, have we got once we leave? So, so we've got... We don't have any, but the point is, right. is that, you know, we, ha- we can do how business... How is that better? Well, because we can do business with other countries without having to be hamstrung by regulations which are set by Brussels. That's you know not that's true. true. We're creating more true. regulation. If you move away, you're creating no, you're more not. barriers and more not regulation. True. Incorrect. No. That, that bill that's going through Parliament at the moment creates more red tape. Well, it may create more red tape if you're in Northern Ireland, and that's for sure, correct. And the United Kingdom when United dealing Kingdom. with our closest partners. Well, I mean, we can carry on with this if you like. Well, you have to go, don't you? You do have to go. This is great to Parliament. see you, Stephen. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you. We'll have you back again because there's lots more to argue about. Absolutely. Stephen Gethin, uh, who is the European Thanks spokesman for, for the SNP. Let's get some callers on. Malcolm, first of all, is in Oxford. Malcolm, oh. very good, after- good morning to you. Good morning to you. I've had to lay down after listening to that Scottish uh, <laughs> SNP man. Oh, well, I mean, you know, he's, he's had to rush off and go do something with ITV, but we'll get him back on, don't worry. Oh, what, it, it, oh dear, oh dear. VAT is something that is a European tax. Yes. You know, we can't take, we can't have zero tax on, um, VAT tax on ladies' products. Because well, it's, of also, Europe, an, it's so also anti-competitive because absolutely. we are forced into selling and buying at certain tariff prices, which are set by Brussels, which yeah, will absolutely. not be the case for all of it. I'll come on to say, this is not a swear word. Some people might think it is, but it's not. Burko. Okay. Right? <laughs> and I'll say maybe it again, should be, maybe you should be tempering your language and not using words like that. Who do you think you are telling me like that? Do you think you're Layla Moran? 
I thought, yeah, well, every Lib Dem, I got told it yesterday about Lester Kermichael well, no, as well. I, I couldn't use the right um, words. Leila Moran, uh, Leila Moran is my MP, and what a pain in the backside she can be. Well, maybe you'll have an opportunity to vote her out at the next election. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Now, John Burko. Yes. We, as a country, or four, four countries, as United Kingdom, have waited three years to get this sorted. Yeah. John Burko yesterday with one swell, a foul swoop of his sabre, mm-hmm. cut the legs off of every British person yesterday by not allowing our parliament to vote on the deal that Boris Johnson come back. Yes, and he said, that, he he said there wasn't time, and then he spent an hour telling us why there wasn't time. Oh, he, he came out with something yesterday. He was, it was going to be uh, one sentence, one sentence... He spoke for two and a half minutes on that one sentence. Yep. Yep. You know, the man is a buffoon. <laughs> he's, he a, he's, absolutely... a, he's, he's a he's very stood... pompous man as well, isn't he not? Oh, do you know, he wouldn't be out of place in a Shakespeare play. I know. I think he thinks he's in one. I think that's he's... what he's doing. Well, he should be. He should be... Uh, uh, that... I'd like to hold him up and say, Alas, poor Yorick, I knew you well. <laughs> Very good. Thank you very much indeed. Great call. The fallout, the fury, the future. Let's get political. Order. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live in Westminster. We are in the tent of common sense. The sun is shining. Everything looks good to me. And, of course, uh, the withdrawal bill will get its first airing later on this afternoon in the House of Commons. Boris Johnson's bringing it in. Uh, there will be all sorts of attachments uh, attempted to be made to it. Uh, we've got now with us, though, Mark Francois, Deputy Chair of the ERG. Mark, welcome to uh, Talk Radio. Welcome to the tent of common sense. Well, it's my uh, it's my uh, my debut in the Independent it is. Republic. I can't I'm, believe you haven't been here before. I'm honoured, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, well, we're very pleased to have you, as you can imagine. Um, it's going to be quite an interesting day, I suspect. <laughs> Another long night. Yep. Um, what do you reckon is going to happen? You're going to probably lose the, um, uh, the the timetable vote, it seems to me. But, I mean, you may have a different view of that. But get the second reading. Well, the critical thing is to get the second reading yeah. because that is what that is the in-principle vote in favour of the bill. That's critical. Mm. Ideally, we would get the timetable motion as well, but the most important thing is that the Commons approves the principles of the bill. Right, and it seems as though to me as well, I said this last week, that we have entered a kind of a new phase of um, the Brexit sort of battle, if you like, because it now would appear that there's no way that uh, they're going to be able to, start to change it, to block it. it it's going to happen. Well, I, I very much hope so. I mean, many, you know, look, there are lots of MPs in the House of Commons who will never vote for us to leave the EU under any circumstances. The Emperor has no clothes. Yeah, they know. don't want to go. Yeah, it's nakedly obvious. Yeah. But there are also many who said they would vote for us to leave, but only if we had a deal. Mm. Well, we've got a deal. Yeah. And the Prime Minister's played a bit of a blinder. It's not a perfect deal, but it's a dance sight better than what we had before. Yeah. So it is worth supporting. That's why all the Brexiteers have come out for it. You know, we didn't take that decision sure. lightly. So uh, now that we've got a deal, all those people who've been saying for three years, well, we can't, we, are, we can't crash out without mm. a deal, well, we won't. Yeah. So if you want to avoid no deal, you vote for the deal. Right. And these people today are going to get put on the spot. 
And I think they're all becoming more and more kind of clear in the way that they are trying to just stop everything. I mean, you know, people are getting very frustrated out there. People are saying, I mean, we all turned up on Saturday thinking, well, this will be good. We'll be able to start the journey. And then suddenly old Oliver Letwin pops up with his amendment. You know, this, what, is, what is it? I keep, trying, I keep getting this around the wrong way. He's supposed to be what the, the cleverest, stupid man in Parliament, I think he's described. Well, as. James I was famously described once as the wisest fool in yes, Christendom. Yes, that's I remember. Yeah. So, you know, I'm put it this way, Oliver Letwin <laughs> knows his history. Yeah. So look, I mean, look, this is how ridiculous it's becoming. This is just a thing that's going around on the internet. I'll read it out quickly. Yeah. The year is 2192. The British Prime Minister visits Brussels to ask for an extension of the Brexit deadline. No one remembers where this tradition originated, but every year it attracts many tourists from all over the world. I mean, this is how ridiculous this it is really, becoming. It yeah, really yeah. Uh, doesn't sound like that unusual of a scenario, does well, it? Well, look, I mean, the public out there in the real world, yeah. right, outside of the Westminster bubble, where people live and work hard and provide for their families, they've had enough. They're up to the back teeth with all this nonsense from members of Parliament, and they just want us to get the job done. Remember, today is D-9. Right. This legislation... Uh, ratifies the treaty in international law. If the legislation passes, the treaty goes live. We leave the European Union. In nine days' time, we'll be living in a free country again. Mm. That's what the people out there in the real world want. And woe betide any MP who's daft enough to get in the way of it. So it's going to be a happy Halloween then. I've well, declared that we should have November the 1st as a public holiday. Well, look... Fine by me. Yeah. Um, I really hope we still leave. There's, there's, a, just, there's one question. This is important. If we get it through... Will Big Ben chime at eleven? Because the you know the the nation will have to look to a clock as we do at you know yeah. uh, New Year's Eve. Right. At the moment, the speakers say, "Oh, they're doing repairs on it. We can't use it." But they use it for remembrance, quite yeah. rightly, and they use it for New Year's Eve. Yes. So why couldn't we use it when we become a free country? Yeah. Or couldn't we turn John Burkow into a kind of speaking clock of <laughs> some kind? Because I'm sure he'd like that. I mean, he'd probably quite enjoy it. You know, he likes the sound of his own voice. He could he could chime he could chime us out of the European <laughs> Union. There's one you could put to him this afternoon. Uh, well, as long as it's not a cuckoo clock. No, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Mark Francois uh, there from the ERG. You see, the point about Brexit is that it can be fun. You don't have to be miserable. You don't have to sit there worrying and worrying and worrying about how awful it's all going to be and how dreadful it's all going to be and how we're never going to be able to have a laugh ever again in the history of time. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Independent Republican Mike Graham, we are here until one o'clock, of course. We are down in Westminster on College Green. There's a whole host of people we're going to talk to between now uh, and one o'clock, when, of course, it is uh, time for Matthew Wright and Kevin O'Sullivan. Uh, they'll be taking over. They'll be covering uh, all of the action inside the House of Commons as the debate gets underway uh, on the withdrawal bill. Uh, interestingly enough, I've got a good t- uh, tweet here from James. He says, how will this affect any of us right now? It's just the withdrawal deal, not the deal, which everyone keeps going on about. We're absolutely right. And I've got somebody now that I'm going to ask that question to. Steve Bryan uh, joins us, MP for Winchester. Steve, very good afternoon to Hi. you. Thank you for joining us in the tent of common sense, as we like to call it. <laughs> uh, now, you're one of the 21. Um, there isn't a name for you, unfortunately. You know, we've had, you know, all sorts of people like the, um, you know, the St. Louis Five. The naughty or, step. You know, I didn't want to say the Guildford Four, because that would obviously be mm. the wrong connotation. But you know what I mean? There's not a sort mm. of name for the 21. Um, and that's I, probably because we don't have, you know, we're not a group. We don't have a united position. We voted different ways on the yeah. Win Amendment on Saturday. Yeah, you did. Start. Your correspondent that you just read out there, yeah. he's dead right. Yeah, he is. 
He's dead right. This is the divorce. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is about money. It's about citizens' rights. And it's about trading arrangements during the implementation period. And uh, people can talk all they like about the future relationship and the political declaration. They can try and hang amendments on that. I think question mark that they're even in scope and in order. Mm. And, uh, and maybe the chair will find a way to get them in order. I dare say will. But, yeah. but th- th- this is about that. And what this is, is a bill, yes. But it's actually a treaty. It's a draft treaty that's been negotiated between Great Britain and a foreign power, yeah. in this case the EU. Right. And uh, it is based on those negotiations. And we can't just suddenly say, oh, well, let, let's tack a customs union right. onto that, because that would then not be ratifying the treaty. Sure. So it's not just a case that it's not like a finance bill mm. where you can't time limit a finance bill, which is all this hoo-ha about the program motion today. Rightly so, you can't can't timetable a fin- finance bill because you you can hang any number of members on it. It's a purely domestic piece of legislation. This is not. It's a treaty. Do you not suspect, as I do, that all of this, you know, let's tack amendments on, let's take a much longer time to scrutinise it, is all just another part of the delaying game, though? I think p- there's partly that. Um, I, I am not somebody who's ever been wanting to overturn the result of the referendum. I, I regret it. I, I mean, it's well known, I, but I respect it. And I was elected I, with over 50% of the vote in my constituency at the last election on a promise to honour the result of the referendum. What, what people seem to do, what drives me nuts, is that we hear all the time, I want, I want, I want. I want the customs mm. arrangements to be the same. I want citizens' rights to be the same. I want security arrangements to be the same. But the country chose a different path. Yeah. If everything's the same then everything is the same. It's not leaving. And that's called remain. Yes. Now, you know, it's like, why, would I support a customs union amendment? No, because I voted for a customs union when I voted remain. Yeah. But the country chose a different path. Yes. And therefore, what, what I think people are trying to do in answer to your question is they're trying to eke all the time little bits to try and crawl back closer to remain. Yeah. And... You know, at, le- at least some of them are honest enough to say we just want to abolish the referendum yeah, result and, you and know, just forget about it. Well, just, you know, like, Bobby well, like, U- the, like the Dems do, yeah. Yeah, but, the, but, the I mean, Dems are like but, but Bobby Ewing coming out of the shower. They just want to, you know, walk out and pretend it never happened. Well, that's exactly. just not real world. But the trouble with that is when does it stop? Because I asked this question to, uh, to, to people from the Lib Dems and others who have that view. And, you know, at what point do you accept that you've lost? At what point do you stop trying to fiddle the result? At what point do you stop trying to dilute it mm. and into what, as you've just described, is that basically remaining? They will never accept. So, I mean, Jo Swinson was asked, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, if there was a second referendum, which they used to favour, mm. and I thought it was at, le- at least it was a reasonable yeah. position, um, then would you accept that? And she said no. So basically what they're saying is they only accept results of elections when they like the answer. So, you know, if, um, if the Lib Dems win... Guildford at the next general election, then presumably the Gil- the Guildford MP will be able to appeal and say, well, I don't agree yeah. with that one, so can we do it again? Please? Yes, or they'll do that thing they did uh, in the European elections where they said that basically Remain won the European elections because more people voted for the Remain parties than actually for the... You know, I mean, it's nonsensical. I think there's too many lawyers involved, frankly. I would ban lawyers from politics altogether. <laughs> I'm sorry if you I'm are one, one. No. Uh, because a lot of them are. A lot of MPs are lawyers because it's become this ridiculous wrangle about the meaning of a word, the meaning of a phrase, yeah. you know, what did actually the vote mean, nobody knew. You know, it's, it's, it's the way that lawyers you know, deconstruct a contract, isn't it? I think the trouble is that nobody did know what leave meant. But, but it's like people say, well, nobody warned us about the problem on the island of Ireland. Well, actually, that's not true. I mean, Tony Blair, John Major, David Cameron, George Osborne, the, many, many people said there would be a problem where there was a land border on the island of Ireland. This goes back to my point about we always just want everything to stay the same. Well, Ireland is different. And and 
they seem to the DUP, for instance, they seem to accept that when it comes to abortion mm. rights or same-sex marriage. Yeah. They're quite happy for Northern Ireland to well, be different. Well, isn't that then. interesting? Somebody, <laughs> I saw somebody make that point yesterday that they wish to be treated differently yeah. when it comes to certain social legislation. Yeah. Uh, but everything else has to be the same. Everything has to be the same because mm. they're unionists first and foremost. So I, I think that's a difficult position for them. And you know, the, the geography of Northern Ireland didn't come into being in June 2016. No. It, it, last time I checked, it's been there for a while. Yes. So this was always going to be. And a an awful problem. lot of what is being proposed is already being done. And I know that there are those, I spoke to Kate Hoey this morning, who's not happy about the customs arrangements and I all that. However, um, an awful lot of the checking and, and, the, and the kind of the, what you might call the blind border uh, is already there. Yeah, so, so epidemiological checks. Um, so I mean, obviously, I used to be the public health minister and responsible for food safety. So those checks already go on mm. between, between Northern Ireland and the Republic. Yeah. And uh, I think the thing that the Brexit Secretary said yesterday around checks between goods moving from Northern Ireland to G that's difficult yeah. uh, that has really enraged the DUP and mm. unionists and I think we need to hear some explanation around that in the House of it didn't help so him that he didn't appear to know at first didn't. exactly either how it was going to work he didn't he is only human and uh, you know I know Steve well and we were serving the whips office together in the Department of Health together so, so look, my position is that I and my, I was I was set to support the meaningful vote on Saturday, and I am minded to support second reading because if you don't support second reading, then you don't go forward to the to the scrutiny of the bill, yeah. the detailed scrutiny of the bill. And what our opponents will be saying, we're hearing me say that is, well, there is no detailed scrutiny because we've only got the, these days. You know, if we had till the end of November to scrutinise this, are you seriously telling me that a lot of these people who've tweeted out that they were opposing it before it was even published mm. are suddenly going to go, oh, well, OK, then yeah. we'll support it? Of course I've not. become convinced. What they want to do is uh, is to delay because they want to get a second referendum so they can overturn the result. Of course. Um, and, uh, you know, that may be an argument for the next generation, but honouring the result, but only doing so in a safe way, which is has been my point all along. It's why I supported the Ben Burr Act, because I think we, in peacetime, we have no need to leave with no deal. I think it would be an act of self-harm from which we would suffer great damage as a country, but also great damage as a political party. And so there's no need to do that to ourselves. And we don't need now because we've got a deal. And the Prime Minister has surprised everybody, me included, by coming forward with a new deal. Yes, I think everybody was surprised by yeah, that. No, have, you had a, have you had a call from Boris offering yeah, your we, uh, we had a, to the whip back? We had a long chat on Sunday lunchtime, actually. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said to him then, fair play to you, Boris. You know, you, you have achieved an act of statecraft here, which many, many said you couldn't do. And the EU said we weren't going to do. You know, I would argue that Ben Burr Act helped in that regard. I'm not sure he would um but but no i haven't been offered the whip back and uh, and uh, i haven't yet uh, haven't yet had that pleasure but we will see if it comes okay thank you very much i'll do indeed. what i think is right and if that follows then happy days if not then i'll do what i think is right okay steve thank you very much steve ryan mp for winchester uh, one of the 21 rebels who lost the whip may get it back uh, we shall see my next guest who is from the lib dems uh, in bath vera hobhouse a very good afternoon to you thank you good for afternoon. joining us um a man there God, godfrey from the island man a businessman uh, still some people in the country saying that they'd rather have no deal than this deal um it makes sense to me, uh, I would have said, to have a deal rather than not to have a deal. Uh, you guys in Lib Dems would rather you weren't leaving at all. Um, but it does make a lot more sense to have this deal, doesn't it? Brexit is a terrible deal. Whatever we get, the best arrangement we have is actually as members of the European Union. And I'm, I listen to um, the caller. Um, and I think sometimes people misunderstand business from politics. 
you you don't have um, the same type of leverages and and you can't play in the same way just sort of um, the the gun on your chest um, um, tactics um, in politics also um, that you can do in, in in business and and I I mean the to be quite honest the government has now negotiated a deal that was an arrangement and a proposal that was already on the table over a year ago just to put a border in the Irish Sea and um, the previous prime minister thought it was not acceptable yes. because we want to um, protect um, she, our family of nations rather true. than actually putting but a border she, um, in the Irish Sea. But so she wasn't able, because of the rest of the people in Parliament, to get that deal through. So now you've got a different deal and you don't like this one either. Well, the, the, the thing is, Brexit has got many different proposals and shades and phases. And the reason why we haven't left the European Union is because everybody wants to get their Brexit proposal yes. to and then uses the people and say, oh, that's what the people want. Mm. Which is, of course, why we say, let's ask the people yeah. what they want. But, but this has been consistently been denied. Well, because we did ask the people what they we, want. We, and there is no, um, even in the House of Commons, which is a very Remainer uh, modified place compared to the rest of the country, there is not even an, uh, an, a majority for a second referendum. So you're barking up the wrong but, tree, but aren't you? Hang, hang on. When we first asked the people, it was a very vague proposal. And I'm saying, as soon as it be, it, something becomes more concrete and decisive and says, this is what it is, then the, the um, opinion split, which is why we've always said, look, put a des uh, um, actually a, a real concrete Brexit proposal to the people rather than just yes, sort no, of this la-la-land thing. I'm la accepting thing. that's your position, yeah. but you must also accept that that is not a majority position that's held in the House of Commons, well, even, never the, mind the, outside the, the House the, of Commons. The, 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 the last two and a half years have shown that actually we cannot come to any agreement because Brexit in itself, people are waking up to the fact that Brexit in itself is just not a great idea. Um, and they're, they're, they're clutching at, they're clutching no, at straws. The, the government is clutching is no at straws and trying that. to, they have given up to say why we should actually leave the European Union other than so in are you 2016 telling me, people are you telling voted me that for the European yeah. Union, who have agreed this deal, right, uh, with this government, have somehow made a mistake? The European Union um, have, have responded to the, the, the demands of two different prime ministers and I said, OK, and the previous prime minister didn't want a border in the Irish Sea. I thought this prime minister didn't want an, a border in the Irish Sea. The DUP and everybody in Northern Ireland feels very, very badly Not betrayed. Not everybody in Northern Ireland, actually. Feels very badly betrayed by something that this, government, uh, this, this prime minister has promised. So this prime minister pro promise, promises snow to, snow to Eskimos if, if it suits him. I'm but not who sure should he can ever, say that these days, he can should, he should, he it's should Inuits, I think. not be trusted on his team. Well, you say that. The point is this. I think uh, everybody's seen over the past three years that compromise is the only solution. And compromise is the way that you have to operate in politics, as you, sh I'm sure, know better than me. And so compromise is the way out. And it compromise is exactly what has happened here, because Boris Johnson has had to compromise some of his ideas. He's had to compromise some of his party's ideas. And so has the EU. I so I think it's time that everybody compromised and said, OK, the people voted for this. This is not uh, ideal. Everybody can't get what they want. But let's start the, the, the procedure. Look, and absolutely, I have compromised. I have said a few weeks ago, I will vote for your deal, Prime Minister, although I passionately believe you should stay in the European Union and this is not a great idea. If you attach um, your deal to a people's vote, that's my compromise. Yes. That would mean a lot but to we, me. But he can't do that because it's not he his can. deal, because it's an agreement. We were just talking to uh, an earlier guest about how this is effectively a treaty between Britain and the European Union. It is not for the British Parliament to amend because then it is not the agreed deal. The, the European Union... Union has indicated many times that actually if the if um, the UK government wanted to put the deal back to the people they would guarantee a delay and I'm sure they will. Well we shall see. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, which way are you going to vote tonight though? Uh, 
I will definitely not vote for the program motion because I believe rushing something through like this is just madness. And we need to scrutinize what has actually been put in front of us. Um, the Prime Minister tried to ambush Parliament um, on Saturday. It, fa it failed. He failed. The government failed. Um, I hope um, this government will fail again by ambushing Parliament in this way now. We, this is something well, that needs to be looked at Will you vote for second reading then? Um, I will uh, wait and see what happens. OK, thank you very much indeed. Very hot house. Uh, the final guest on the show today, Lib Dem MP for Bath. Uh, you can call and talk to us about this tomorrow uh, because we'll be here, of course, again at 10 o'clock uh, from uh, 10 till 1 on Talk Radio in the Tent of Common Sense. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.